listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. I have a quick, brief, powerful word for you today. But if you've ever bought anything, you know you can't have all three. It's either going to be powerful or brief or quick. Anyways, I want to talk about my man, Epaphroditus. Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Epaphroditus is this guy mentioned in the Bible. We don't know a lot about him except what we know in this paragraph. And so I want to invite you to meet my man, Epaphroditus. All right, you're open, Philippians 2? All right. Verse 25, it says this. I think it necessary, Paul says, to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, my co-worker, my fellow worker, my fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. He longs for all of you and is distressed because he heard that you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and he almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only him, but also mercy on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then, welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help that you yourselves could not give me. All right, how many people would like to meet Epaphroditus, right? Just what we learn in this brief, short paragraph, we see the making of a very remarkable man. And I want to I bring this message to all of us, particularly to all men, and particularly to all dads. But this is an example in Scripture for us. His life speaks to us. And I want to just bring out a couple things about this man's life that we've learned. My man, Epaphroditus, he didn't operate alone. I love how Paul says this. Epaphroditus was a messenger, right, who came to help him on behalf of a church. They sent this guy. Evidently, he was reliable. They said, okay, you go, help take care of Paul, support him, strengthen him in his ministry on our behalf. We can't go. I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. But you go for us. And so in the short time that Paul knew this guy, maybe it was a year, maybe it was less, maybe a little more, but it wasn't a long time. This guy became Paul's brother. He says, my fellow worker, my fellow soldier. There's something about him. That he wasn't a loner. He wasn't a guy that just kind of operated on his own and maybe did his job. Because the Bible could have said, I'm sending you back, Epaphroditus. He's a good worker. He's a good soldier. He's a worker. He's a soldier. But Paul doesn't say that. 
He says, this guy's my brother. This guy, he's a fellow worker. We worked together. He's a fellow soldier. We have soldiered together. We have fought for Christ together. There's something about Epaphroditus that he came as a messenger. He came as a stranger. But he left as a brother and as a fellow. You don't get to be a fellow by just keeping your own business. You don't get to be a fellow by not opening your heart, not giving yourself fully in cooperation with other people. You, you, if you're going to be a fellow worker and a fellow soldier, you got to be immersed into that team. you got to be like Jonathan and David, where, where Jonathan says to David, I am with you. And he took off his belt and he gave him his belt and he, he gave him his bow and his sword and his tunic. He says, David, what I have is yours. I'm with you. Trust me. Let's labor. Let's serve. Let's soldier together. Very powerful. This guy, Paul sends back a dear brother. I, I just, I'm so struck by that because I'm aware of the deep and profound loneliness that exists in our world. That even the friendships we have, even the partnerships and kind of togetherness we have in church, sometimes they fall so short of this fellow working and fellow soldiering. It's such a rare and precious thing. But I think we see in the scriptures that it's a necessary thing. That God does not call us to kind of work just as individuals on the same thing, but for us to be together as one team, as a family. And I'm calling to the men, as the scripture cries out, to brother one another, to fellow one another. So who is your brother? Who, who would you say, this is my, my brother. He, this guy is a fellow soldier with me. I mean, isn't it remarkable that when, like, People go through combat, through soldiering, right? All the differences just evaporate. And suddenly, everybody is for each other. You know, one guy might be a Dodgers fan, and one guy might be a Cubs fan, right? Gone. One guy might be black, and one might be white. One guy might be a Latino. Suddenly, that doesn't matter anymore. We're brothers in arms. We are fellow soldiers. You find in those situations, those guys die for each other. They risk their lives for each other. And the scripture is saying here, in the work of God, Epaphroditus was like that. In fact, it says that he almost died. He got sick and he almost died. Doing what? Serving his brother. It's profound. Está muy profundo. thing I also like about Epaphroditus, he's, he's a passionate man. He's passionate. I don't know what his personality was like, if he was like one of those eight personalities, like some, or if he was kind of withdrawn. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But I, it says here that he longs for people. That he longs for people. There's a passion in him. There is a, there is a, he knows in his, he knows in his mind people that he loves and people that he, he just is distressed if he thinks they're upset. 
I love that kind of passion for people. But life has this way of kind of lulling us into mediocrity of our passions. Life has this way of kind of sucking us dry of our passions. Hurt relationships or disappointments in life or, or us just kind of judgmental attitudes about people and keeping people at an arm's length, keeping it safe. Who do we long for? Who are we distressed for? I find that in my own heart. I got word this week that, um, do you guys remember Nadim? Nadim Nassar? He's, he's an incredible dude. He's a Syrian born. He's an Anglican priest in England. And he's got this ministry into Syria about raising up children. He calls them peacekeepers, peace ambassadors, so that the next generation of, of kids that grow up in Syria won't want to fight, but they'll want to be ambassadors of peace. Wouldn't that be incredible? In the name of Jesus, let's have peace. And I heard this week that, that he had hit some setbacks and that he needed some extra funding and some of our churches got together and we sent some funding. And when I first heard it, I was like, okay, good, that's good. And then I paused a minute and I said, wait a second, I love this guy. This guy's hard. This guy's hilarious. This guy's awesome. And the work that he's doing in Syria, I don't know anyone else. I mean, I don't know that many people in the world, but I don't know anyone else in the world that would be willing to do what he and his sister are doing. It's powerful. And suddenly in my heart, I got passionate about Nadim. I sent him a WhatsApp message. I'm checking in. What's going on? Tell me the story. What's up with the funding? Tell me about the ministry that's happening. Suddenly, it provoked a passion in me. But I have to admit, it was secondary. Because my primary, my initial response was to be a little bit like, okay, that's taken care of. Moving on. Next thing. God save us from just going on to the next thing and not being passionate and intentional and even being distressed when someone who is precious to us is in need of help. It happens to us. The Sukayamas, when these kids come back and next week we're going to give them the service. They're going to do as much as they can do up here. And they're going to tell us stories. Fabio and Elizabeth it's a, they're a son and daughter of this church. Amen? I mean, they came here. They served among us. We know them. And their heart is driven with a passionate desire to make Christ known all over the world. Seven years in Brazil, and by the time they finally got that ministry up and running, and they could cruise control a little bit, they're like, no, God's calling us to Japan now. We're going to start over. They deserve our honor, our respect, our passion, and our sacrifice. I was so delighted when our, our youth leaders said, well, we want to go to Japan. I'm like, wow, that's a big trip. That's going to cost a lot of money, etc., etc. But Epaphroditus was a man of passion. I think it's worth noting there are good passions and there are bad passions. And probably the making of a man or the making of any woman or any person is what they do with their passions, their appetites. Because there are appetites, there are sinful appetites that will drive you into the ditch. You'll spend the rest of your life in the ditch if you give yourself to those sinful passions. One of the fruits of the spirit of living the spirit-filled life is to have self-control. You don't need to give in to your passions. They're only passions. You don't need to start that engine. And if that engine gets started, you do not need to hit the gas. Let's turn off the engine. Cut the fuel line. Say, I'm not going to give myself to bad passions. 
but I am going to give myself to righteous passions, to God's passions, to things that light God's fuse. I wanted to light mine. I want to give myself to the things that I should be passionate about. And one of them is our children, our family. Father's Day, we should be passionate about our children. Yes, but it's more than that. Our families don't exist for us just to enjoy our families. Our families exist so that we would be a testimony, that we would be a mouthpiece, that we would be messengers all over the world. It is not for us to be blessed, but for us to be blessed to be a blessing. And there are people all over this community, this neighborhood, and the nations who need to know of God's blessing. And if you're living your life at a passion less than that, I invite you to come to the main event. Find your passion in the purposes of God again. People need breakthroughs because we lose our passions. We get disappointed. I find it interesting in this passage where where Paul says, what you failed to do, he is doing. And I just think, just because someone in your life was less than they were supposed to be, that does not mean that you should be less than who you are supposed to be. Do you hear me on that? We all have people in our lives who have been less than what they're supposed to be. And those disappointments and those discouragements, they cling on to us. But I'm telling you this, just because someone else is less than what they're supposed to be, it is no excuse for you to be less than who you're supposed to be. Because if that were the case, none of us would excel and rise to who we're born to be. Listen, dads, dads, there are a lot of reasons that dads take their foot off the gas. Feelings of inadequacy. My kids don't listen anyways. My wife disrespects me. I work too hard at work. I got nothing left for my home. There's a lot of reasons why dads just coast or kind of retreat back. They keep paying the bills and, you know, bringing home the paychecks, but they're not engaged passionately in fueling the next generation. And listen, dads, you are not at your best when you are coasting or when you are retreating. You are not who you are supposed to be when you take your foot off the gas. You say, fine, they don't want me. I'm just going to let someone else do it. I'm going to get into sports. I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to binge my Netflix. I'm going to start golfing. or I'm going to do all that. I'm going to climb a mountain. And all that, some of it's quite wonderful. But all that can be an excuse to be less than who you're supposed to be. Listen to me. If she calls you daddy, don't you dare take your foot off the gas. If he looks to you as a man because he needs to learn what a man's supposed to be, everything a boy needs to learn is, everything, wait, everything a man needs to know, a boy needs to learn. And he needs to learn that through you. Don't you dare take the foot off the gas. doesn't matter if he's listening to you or not. Don't be less than who you are. Amen? Am I preaching to someone today? Is somebody hearing me today? All right, good. Because sometimes I feel like when I'm preaching, I'm just preaching to myself because I need to hear it all myself. And you know what? Quite frankly, if I come here and I preach to myself, I'm quite satisfied with that. Because I need it. I got what I needed. But maybe, maybe today you're going to get what you need. Lastly, it simply says this. It's time to go. Honor. Honor such men. Celebrate such men. Men, dads, that's why we gave you a keychain. We're celebrating you. You get out there and drive that car. 
Open that door. Why are we so bad at celebrating people? I mean, I don't know. Are you someone who's good at celebrating folks? Think about it. Who's the last person you made a big deal about? Who's the last person you just honored? They're not right. There's something not right about them. They're not perfect. They're a bit broken. Quite frankly, it'd be easier to find more things wrong with them than things right with them. But you have this special gift, this special ability to find something great and honor them. We need to learn how to honor people like Epaphroditus. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy. With great, when's the last time you had great joy? Come on. You got to stir up the great joy because when dad walks in the house, you got to say, dad's home. Woo! I don't know what your joy looks like. Luke's looks like he does this thing. Is it, what's the, this, the, the yo-yo whip? What is that? He's like, he's like, you did not do that. No, I didn't do it. Didn't happen. You, you just zoned out. That was your daydreaming. But come on. It's a, the Bible says that we're to celebrate with great joy and honor people in our lives who emulate these kind of things. When Epaphroditus came back and he gave him the letter, he says, by the way, skip to chapter 2. You're supposed to receive me with great joy. You're supposed to honor men like me. I think God puts that in the Bible. It's in the Bible. Because people, sinful, selfish, self-absorbed, preoccupied people, fail so miserably to celebrate and honor one another. Like for me, I'm not all about, I mean, here we made the whole church service, which is supposed to be about Jesus. We, we, we bowed to the American schedule of Father's Day. Hallmark has now dictated our church calendar. Shame on us. No, I don't mind it. Because you know what? It reminds me, it reminds us that we're to honor people. That we're to celebrate with great joy those among us who live sacrificially who live passionately, who are our brothers. You know, and I'll end with this. When he speaks of Epaphroditus, he says this. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy. Honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. If you look at the sentence structure in the original language of that, it's the same language Paul used when he speaks of Christ dying for us. That Epaphroditus was a man who was Christ-like, self-sacrificing, willing to lay down his life, willing to give himself for somebody else. When you see those things, even in their smallest seed form. Honor them. Celebrate them. And give thanks to God. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. We're done. I did it again, Daniel. I preached through the last song.
All right, I want to I ask you to repent of some things. I want to ask you to repent of individuality and failing to be somebody's brother, a fellow worker, a fellow soldier, a fellow man connected to others. Anybody got to repent of that kind of thing? Keeping people at a distance, playing the game instead of being joined in heart. You've known people for decades and you're still not that close to them. I'm asking you to repent of that today. Especially us men. Let's be brothers. Let's put this walls down. I also want to ask you to repent of being passionless. Your life is way too precious and too important to live it less than who you're supposed to be. And for all the reasons you live less than who you're supposed to be, turn from them. Repent of your excuses and say, you know what, God, I'm going to be everything you want me to be, even if someone else was less than who they were supposed to be to me. And lastly, I want to ask you to repent from your lack of celebration of others. Let's find a way to make a big deal and honor those like Epaphroditus who emulate the life of Christ in our midst. Can you at least repent from one of those? Amen. Then let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for, Lord, what it means to be a community of God, a church. God, we, 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 we gathered here, Lord, with our hearts humble and submitted to your word. We need your word to shape us and to form us, and today it's doing that. And so, Lord, you have our cooperation. We say yes to being a brother or sister. We say no to isolation. Help us, God, to be a fellow worker, a fellow soldier. God, we we hear your word when you call to the passions of our life that we would live wholeheartedly for you and for each other and for the cause of Christ. God, we repent from filling ourselves with other passions, wrong passions. Now, God, provoke afresh by your spirit what it means to be fully alive in Christ. And Lord God, we pray that you would birth a spirit of celebration and honor. Lord, that we together, to one another, we would not be short or shy in giving honor in our words, in our actions, in every way, God, that we could learn how to honor those among us. We love you, Lord, and it's in your name we pray, and please, won't you bless the fathers. God, we ask you for more fathers, if you could. Give us more dads, more babies, more families. God, cause this place just to, to, to just breathe in and, Lord, just heave, God, with the joy of fatherhood and motherhood and family, that dads would be adopted into homes and kids would find their men in their life and women in their life that they need. We ask you, Lord, just to do that great work in our church. It's in your name that we pray. Together we said, amen, amen. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Have a great week. Honor Dad, and we'll see you next week.